here to speak basketball. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We going back Back to to back. back. (laughs) Oh, I jumped in on it. Yeah, you ruined it. No, you didn't ruin it. Um, (laughs) Hello, welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Basketball Podcast. (laughs) Oh my God, the harmonization. Wow. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and uh, who are you, sir? I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. Wonderful. Um, If my head was cold, um, what might I do to warm that head up? Folks, right now it's looking like it's one degree out with a low of minus five. Give me a break. You're going to need a Confederacy of Dunks toque for 20 bucks. We uh, we fixed the shipping, so it's not insane. And uh, we'll get that right to you right in the mail. Ding dong. Mail mail come. You'll get that new toque. Keep them warm and you're promoting the pod and, and uh, helping support us. You, sir, are a smooth <laughs> operator. That's all I can say. Um, if... If people are listening to this podcast and they're like, wow, these guys sound like they're struggling. They sound like they're poor. Um, how maybe, how maybe could somebody help us out? Could they, I don't know, uh, give a, a small amount of money on a consistent basis? Well, you know what, Freddie? They could. And that's at Patreon. We have our own Patreon at patreon.com slash dunkspodcast. If you go to dunkspodcast.com, we have our link there on the right that you can click on. And speaking of Patreon, that's right. We've got a new patron. Hello. And his name is Thomas Revis. That's right. No relation to you. Unreal. Fully related. It's my brother. Uh, Thomas, when you listen to this, thanks so much. Tom's healing up everyone. So send, send your good wishes. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Um, And uh, he just had surgery yesterday. Uh, And um, it went well. He's doing good. Um, And uh, Thomas, I love you. You know, take take care of yourself. And also, cheers to being a Patreon. Thank you for becoming a Patreon patron. So if you're you're a patron patron of Patreon. That's right. Thank you, Thomas. And I'll just say before we move on from Patreon, uh, we do have on our cheapest tier, you will get to listen to the episode the same day as the recording. And we also have a new segment that we just came out with called Freddy on the Fly. Here's the music. Freddy on the fly. He's on the fly. Freddy's on the fly. Freddy, he's on the fly. He's on the fly, it's Freddy on the fly. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't really think of the length of it. It's kind of a, you know. It's a bit of a lengthy song. <laughs> um, it's for sure you singing and harmonizing with yourself. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is a bit of an issue. But uh, but no, the, the the segment was fun. It was good. Yeah. Um, we're having a laugh. F-L-Y-V-E, uh, Flive, and I even go a little deeper, and you'll hear some, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum sound bites like this. Have you ever heard of insect politics? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you do uh, if you do join, you'll be able to see the, the artwork where it's uh, Freddy face-swapped onto Jeff Goldblum standing in one of the uh, telepods in the movie The Fly. Freddie on the fly. 
Yeah, layered joke. It's a layered <laughs> joke for sure. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, become a yeah. patron uh, or yeah, become a patron. Help us out. Um, and keep listening on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe if you can. Player FM, we see you. Uh, we we <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, we're all there. Tonguespockets.com. Click on the links on the lower right. Player FM, we see you. You are heard. <laughs> you have value. Uh, let's uh, let's bring on our guests, let's shall we? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, second time doing the pod. Um, he is a, is a super special guest uh, coming coming to us from New York City, but yeah. uh, he is a Torontonian. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's in New York because he works for uh, Criterion. So. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of Cronenberg films in there. Oh, there yeah. probably is, right? Criterion Collection. Um, Criterion Collection. Um, you know, my mom made us watch The Fly when we were growing up. And The there Omen. You go. Yeah, she was into <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> She'll love it. Yeah, that was a big thing for her. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a big basketball fan, and uh, we're happy to have him back. Give it up at home for Daniel Rice. Hello. Sim walking through Brooklyn. Ooh, That's hello. Right. <laughs> oh. I'm dodging strollers and uh, and kids here in Park Slope. You know, gotta <laughs> gotta wash the ankles. Good, yeah. That's uh, Park Slope. That's important. Um, Daniel, thanks for for doing the the pod. Let, let me just ask right off the top. I feel like I said your last name. It kind of came out like Rice, and it's like right. ra- race, right? Right. It's uh it's in, in in Portuguese it's Hace with like kind of like an H, but in in English you can just say Reese, like the peanut butter. Reese. Oh man. I feel like we had this conversation in the last episode. Me too. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> you, but at least he didn't call you Kevin, time. Daniel. At least he didn't call you Kevin. Yeah, that's 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 an all timer for me. A <laughs> uh, friend of the pod, Derek. Deanna Rain. Yeah, you. I called him Kevin. <laughs> and then I was like, I think I messed up your last name. He's like, Well, you called me Kevin, and my name's Derek. <laughs> so um, we're having a laugh. Uh, let's let's bring on guest number two. Um, she's done the podcast a million times. M- maybe maybe the record holder of the oh, wow. uh, might be up there. It's got to be her, Ian Gordon. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, She's amazing. She is the one true love of uh, Nick Nurse. She, um, you know, was at the parade when things were getting hairy. She's a hilarious comedian. She's an amazing writer. And uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a good friend. Give it up at home for Catherine Niker. Uh, next time, call me Kevin. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Catherine, you know, that's close. Uh, how you doing? Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me uh, once again. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> felt a little like she's been here uh, a lot. Yeah, a bit of been here, done that with this pod, eh? It's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, um, how much money are you guys making on Patreon? And can I get a bit? Um, you, you can transfer me directly, Thomas. You yeah, transfer yeah. me directly. Thomas, your He's portion goes to money. Catherine. Yeah. Holy cow. Get well uh, soon, Thomas. Yeah, he'll he'll appreciate that. Um yeah, I think. You guys wanna you wanna get into some Raptor stuff or what? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Maddie, would you give me that Raptors sting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a coughing one. Can now. somebody get Nurse a fisherman's friend, please? 
Yeah, that one's for you. Thank you. That one's for you, Catherine. I feel like that's the that's the type of kind of audio file that sounds like that the old trick when you would call someone and they're answering machine and they'd be like, hello. Yeah. And you start to talk and they'd be like, how are you doing? I freaking hated that. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. I felt like your answering machine was almost like that when I heard it today. It was like, hello, it's Freddie. I know. Uh, it is like that, but it's like unintentional. <laughs> so apologies. Um, okay. Let's get, let's get popping here. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Great. Let's do, um, yeah, let's let's kind of reflect on this uh, this this homestand a little bit. Um, we, you know, we actually recorded our last podcast. Uh, it was the it was the day before. It was the day before um, Kawhi's return. Kawhi's return, uh, and uh, you know, so so that game happened. Uh, we've we've won two in a row. The three game homestand is over. I just want because I, 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 I feel like you know we'd be remiss on this podcast if we didn't talk about how that actually went. The uh, the Kawhi return and, and and the presentation of the ring, so I kind of want to start. I want you to start there and take me through a mini journey, a mini, you know, ring Clippers, uh, Brooklyn, and um, and Cleveland last night journey. So, just well, going uh, back go to for the it, yeah. Clippers game last week, I thought that it was it started off on a pretty emotional note. I thought that as an organization, the Raptors did everything like they usually do with a, a tremendous amount of class um, and excitement. So the, you know, the tribute video was great. I really loved seeing the footsteps on the court for the shot yeah. uh, in game seven against the Sixers. Um, and uh, Kawhi's, uh, um, you know, h- hanging and clearly enjoying being back with his teammates and the kind of the the mock crying or mock tears with uh, uh, with Carl Lowry. Although it's been uh, said that perhaps his um, his miming of the his hands up to his eyes wasn't that he was crying, but that the ring was so bright that he had to protect his eyes from the blinding glare mm. of the championship ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that, that's what I've been hearing. I like so them I both. Know, yeah, they're both great. No, I want to think great. he was crying. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the game started. I thought the first quarter was was good for us. Uh, we showed, I think, a tremendous amount of poise uh, and that we weren't afraid of the moment. But then as the game went on, uh, you know, I think uh, that I think we still didn't have uh, Fred in that game, which I think still is uh, a bit of something that we miss mm-hmm. uh, even in our two wins in, in subsequent wins in Brooklyn and with Cleveland. But uh, yeah, that game was not, not our best, but we're, we were playing against clearly one of the best teams in the league. That's just starting to find the rhythm. Right. So I wasn't too bummed about that. Obviously would have loved to have a win against Kawhi's old team uh, just to show him what he's missing. But uh, I mean, you know, I still think we put a pretty good effort. And then Brooklyn and Cleveland is a type of thing where you just got to beat the teams that you should beat. Um, and I think especially in last night's game, because it was such a blowout, we had an opportunity to put out uh, some of the bench guys that I think got a little bit more run than they have since Kyle's return, whether that's folks like uh, Terrence Davies um, and uh, sorry, Terrence Davis, uh, Kevin Davis, right? His name's Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's Kevin Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like you know, I set has, myself up for a runner, yeah. you know? Right, right. Who has probably been my favorite new addition to the team? Uh, I, clearly, we've been getting a lot from other players like uh, like Rondé, but Terrence uh, is just uh, his confidence and poise already as a rookie has been super impressive. 
Um, and I would love to see more of him uh, throughout the rest of the season. And I understand that, you know, he's fighting for minutes along with Kyle. And of course, when Fred gets back, but I think that kind of getting back to the swing of things, you know, making quick decisions. I thought that in that game, uh, what four or five game swoon that we had of losses before, mm-hmm. we just weren't making quick decisions. It wasn't whether or not we made bad ones because we could recover or get second chance points, but we just weren't quick. We weren't executing cleanly and crisply. And I think we're getting back into that now. Yeah, I think um, just just kind of adding on to your last point about like being super decisive, I feel like you know, we kind of hit a point of fatigue, but the, you know, that point of fatigue, it's not like they got so exhausted that they couldn't recover, but you kind of saw, you know, guys not running back super hard in transition and just, just a little less kind of, um, you know, like as a, as a Gasol likes to say, like the ball wasn't popping around. It mm-hmm. was like still, you know, the, the remnants of like a high IQ offense was there, but it just wasn't kind of executing at a, at a high level, which again, makes sense, uh, you know, kind of reiterating, reiterating what you were saying about, uh, you know, the, us kind of going up against like high level defenses. Um, yes, Catherine, let me, let me, let me hit you with the same question. Um, yeah. What was your, what was your kind of like thought journey, um, through, through this last three games and, and the ring ceremony? Um, well, with the Kawhi return game, I was at that game, which was cool and then not cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you don't like the air getting sucked out of an arena by a giant vacuum? <laughs> uh, not quite. Okay. Um, yeah, like I thought like the the writing presentation, all that and the video was great and the steps on the court was great. But then for me, like I was like, I don't know if anybody else in this arena is going to feel this way, but it's like, I want to cheer for Kawhi for this moment. And then once the ball goes up, like I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm very ready to move on and move forward. Oh yeah. And I feel like the rest of the crowd was more or less in that same boat, which is cool. Uh, although I felt like when the Raptors starting lineup was being announced, it didn't get quite the same level of cheer as Kawhi's thing did but right. I don't even know if that was broadcasted or not but I was kind of like okay I was like looking around like we can't not cheer louder for our own team now you know yeah. like I don't know if that threw anybody off I don't think it did because we did have a good start and then it it's just, like the fans were set up to like yeah to lose their voice on yeah maybe for Kawhi. maybe I don't know yeah I don't know it was just uh, as the night progressed it just got a little too retro night for I, me you just like I don't know if you guys remember when the Raptors had their ring ceremony and some people were like, wow, didn't do anything for Kawhi. Not even a mention or anything like <laughs> that's pretty sad. It's pretty, pretty, pretty sad. Of the Raptors franchise. Now you see this and it's like, whoa, did they go too far? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they went too far. No, I don't, but it was no. like, wow. I was like hoping that he would rip off his Clippers Jersey and there'd be a Raptors one underneath it. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine like, that's wow. not legal. And he's like, oh, I'm Kawhi. Um, oh wait. So, so Catherine to, to, to jump back into where you were there. No, I, that was it. Oh yeah. And wait, did, did, but did, did you go through the nets and the, Oh no, sorry. In the Cavs, so in the last two uh, games, I mean, I, I agree. if you don't I care, think, that's okay. No, too. no, no, I do care. Uh, <laughs> I I agree that our decision making has gotten a lot better, and I feel like I, it just even though they're teams that like yes, we should beat. I just felt like we feel like more like ourselves again mm-hmm. after that stretch. But also, it's like I'm learning to 
uh, be patient with this team because yes, there's a lot of like, okay, we're bringing back Kyle and we're bringing back Serge, but it's more than that. It's more like, they're constantly trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I feel like they're running a lot of like almost like experiments with the team. Like there's always a lot of weird lineups on the court and it's like, suddenly it's like, Oh, it's the starting lineup, but Pat McCaw for like a while. But it's also like, how else do you know if that works or not, unless you run it. So I think we were doing a lot of that in that stretch where we were losing games. And now I think our decision-making has gotten better as a result. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're bang on. Um, I'll just do like, I feel like you guys hit, hit all the good stuff, um, which is what I was hoping for. And and that ceremony I thought was amazing. And definitely like it, it got my joke brain thinking like, okay, so what is like, how are they going to use a, like a lights out projector moment for Danny Green mm-hmm. when he comes? Like, what are we going to do? What's his playoff moment? Like there would definitely be a lot of missed shots, but also... <laughs> I feel like he played a lot of good defense. So it could just show his like steps everywhere. Yeah. And then like a ball gets like nudged out of bounds and they're like, turnover. <laughs> this was big. Trust me. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Um, oh because God. Danny was, man, he was one of our six guys yeah, uh, against was. Philly. He was, he was, he was more of a core element to that championship than, than anyone who wasn't in that six. And I, I mean, I think some people disagree with me here and I, cause I know Fred popped off against Milwaukee and golden state, but you know, we don't get past Philly right. without Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't 100%. matter how many shots he missed. He was, he was a core six. Uh, he was a top six rotation guy and he helped us uh, win a championship. But yeah, I think so much was put on this Clippers game as like a temperature check. And I think the fact that we lost the game in the way we did says a lot about both teams. Uh, I think for the Clippers, you know, they're still figuring some things out, but they have two proven superstars. So they can kind of stumble through that. And their larger equation of the season is kind of like keeping those guys healthy, keeping their older veterans locked in, and then bringing a couple new guys along. And for us, it's more about, since since you know that the our top talent isn't as high as Kawhi, there's kind of little less room for error and a more emphasis on kind of us being like a cohesive unit. So even if you know we miss Fred or we miss you know a key contributor, it's really going to affect us. Like we we are a team that's greater than the sum of its parts. Um, so I think that you know we don't have that superstar to rely on. And even though I think you know Pascal's becoming that. But ideally, you're not overly relying on someone who's still figuring out who they are. Um, so all that said, I didn't think that it's, you know, I'm, I'm not really into this narrative of, uh, oh, the Raptors can't beat really good teams because I think we're still we're still growing and we're still really good at the same time. It's the perfect Messiah team. We're winning and developing at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, so the Brooklyn and the Cleveland games, I think, I think I'll be honest, I'm a bit reassured because of the Raptors fans starting to doubt the team a little bit and, you know, some shakiness, I think there was, there was a potential for the fan base and the squad to lose some confidence if we had bad showings against those teams. But the fact that we handedly beat Brooklyn and we just kind of like sleepwalked to a convincing victory against Cleveland reestablishes this team as 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is a home court team in the East. And yes, there's things that they need to work out before the playoffs, but you know, unless you're the bucks or yeah, unless you're the bucks, you don't have a, you know, every team has to work out stuff before the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that's the, the, that's my takes there. Um, I think I'm going to move on to the next question. Unless Daniel or, or Catherine, do you want to add anything to this mini homestand arc? Uh, just that I guess it was like a reverse homecoming game for Tristan Thompson because I couldn't, uh, I was trying to keep, I had a bet before like the over under on the amount of dunks on Tristan Thompson's head. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't keep count, but uh, I mean, Norm had some truly demoralizing dunks on the Cavaliers last night. You know, there's the alley-oop from Pascal and yeah. of course the behind the back pass from Patrick McCaw. And I, I just love seeing Norm dunk. I think uh, my first memories of him go back to uh, the Bucks against 2017. And I just can't think of, you know, he's the most reliable demoralizing dunker on an opposing team for the Raptors. Right oh now. yeah. Well, like there, our last question here is, is all about Norm. So we're, we're going to give Norm some serious praise, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point. You know, he actually had that punctuation dunk against Brooklyn too. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in that win. Yeah. Tristan Thompson was throwing some shade at us prior was to he? the game. So I'm pretty sure that like fueled them. Yeah, he had this Wait, whole what was the shade? He what had was this the shade? whole thing. Um I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> Catherine, these are the valuable about, like Nick um, Nurse just had a baby moments for you. <laughs> You know what I mean? He said that it was something about like I'm just going to remember like when we Cleveland like would beat on Toronto. Like they think they're good, but it's something to that vein. So what and it was, so what and did it we was say, specifically like, directed at Kyle. That's hilarious. So Kyle was like, I too remember two and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cheers, Tristan. Um, do <laughs> you I remember mean, last year and this year? Yeah. Tristan last year at the beginning of last season, I remember yeah. the first one without LeBron said, you know, the East still runs through Cleveland and they're right. We did run through Cleveland. last. Yeah. Night. Everyone ran. See, that's why <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, you, you said uh, at the kind of outside of this question, Daniel, but you know, you got to beat who's in front of you. And you know, if we lost to Brooklyn, I would be like, Oh no. But you know, if you, when you lose to a team like Cleveland, even if you're not a good team, like even if you're Detroit, it's unacceptable. That's how bad Cleveland is. Cleveland and New York and, you know, a couple other teams in the league, they're so bad that if you're a team, if you're a team that thinks you're not bad, you're supposed to crush them. Like if you're Orlando, you're like, oh my God, we can't lose to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how bad Cleveland is. It's crazy. Um, I found oh, the quote. Yeah, go for it, Catherine. Um, but I don't know what happened before the quote. But it just says it was especially huge for Kyle just because I know how many times we beat up on him in the playoffs. <laughs> so I guess he meant like, oh, it was him talking about the Raptors winning a title. It's like So that quote came out like maybe a little bit like of a dig. Yeah. an hour or two before game time. So I'm sure they saw that. Nice. Well, um, I still, you know, that to me emphasizes a point like Tristan's a good chemistry guy. Let's trade him for Serge. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to the next question here. And, uh, nor, or, uh, nor, uh, Daniel brought up the, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin. Kevin, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> um, brought up the, uh, like counting the dunks on, on, on Tristan Thompson's head top. And, uh, and I feel like, uh, numbers is, is, is the next question. So, um, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast knows we're not like a full, uh, you know, analytics pod, but we all care about numbers in some regard. And um, 
Yeah, Catherine, I just wanted this to be like an open question, but what's a number you watch in regards to the Raptors? Um, like what's, what's the number that, you know, not necessarily like a bellwether, but something that you find yourself checking a lot. Um, well, just generally speaking, I'd say I pay more attention to like percentages as opposed to like hard right. numbers in terms of like points and assists. Cause to me, that's a sign of like, uh, good decision making mm -hmm. as opposed to like, oh, who's scoring the most or right. Something like that. Like it I, fluctuates a little less. Yeah. And especially with a team like this, like you said, it's like a team that's uh what did you, how did you say it? Better than the sum of its parts? Better than, yeah. Did I say that? But you know, it's, well, I'm going to trust oh, that more, it was more good, than the sum of its more parts. More than the sum of, I'm going to, is that in any case, I feel like you're close, but we all get it. We Cheers. all get it. We Cheers. all get it. Oh, Matt just gave me such an approving look. <laughs> it's like, very adorable. His face was like, you're doing your best. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So just, Generally, I look at field goal percentages and stuff like that, but I'm sure this will this conversation will get deeper. Yeah, it'll get deeper. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, wait. So is that like for you, like kind of like field goal percentages? Is like you're watching like who's who's hitting threes, who's kind of like shooting? Generally, because yeah. it's like because when that really dips, then you're like, whoa, this is like bad. Like everybody's talking about like Russell Westbrook hitting like only like twenty three something percent from three, right? And it's like, holy shit, this guy's really dropped. Totally. Yeah. And it, and Is he it, that on the season? 23? It's oh, pretty low. Shit. It's pretty low. It's pretty bad. For it's him. in the low 20s. But, um, but, I don't have it in front of me this second, but yeah. I definitely watch, um, you know, for, for the Raptors the past couple of years, I've been watching three-point percentage. Um, so that, like, yeah, I'm pretty similar to you, Catherine, where I'm kind of watching that. Um that as kind of like a, a measure for our offense, because, you know, a guy like OG was shooting like over 50% from three for part of the year. And yeah. now, you know, he's, he's down to, you know, 0.387, which is still above league average, but kind of more so where you'd expect him to be type of thing. Um, and then you can kind of see the guys fade in and out. Like a, a Kyle Lowry has been terrible since he came back from, you know, from, from right. his injury, but he's still shooting league average because he was blistering at the beginning of the year. So that kind of like averages itself out. Um, Sorry, Wes is two, two, eight. Ouch. Yeah. That's, uh, that's rough. But um, yeah, Daniel, let me, um, let me ask you the same question. Is there any numbers you kind of look out for? Well, the number I'm looking out for right now, and uh, I'll just say from the jump that this is incredibly facetious, but it's 350. And that's the amount of pounds that James Dolan's bodybuilder's son is can bench press. Um, because I just found out last week that James Dolan, owner of the Knicks, uh, who is perennially in rumors about being, quote, obsessed with uh, and basically making like a mood board or vision board of having Masai Ujiri come over and run the Knicks, um, he has a bodybuilder son, which I guess is what you do when you're a millionaire's kid. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa and the Irishman when he said, <laughs> never trust a millionaire's kid. And in this case, don't trust their grandchildren either. But uh, I, yeah. here, amazing. here in New York, uh, I can tell you, uh, to, and I'm going to try to uh, assuage all the, actually, what do you do when you assuage someone's fear? Does that mean you or dissuade, dissuade, assuage? I think assuage works. So like it kind assuage. Of, yeah. Um, assuage fears of any uh, Raptors fans anywhere, but particularly in Toronto. No Knicks fan here genuinely believes that someone as smart and accomplished as Masai Ujiri will come to join the Knicks. Right. Uh, no, no one here is is that quite that delusional. 
Um, and I think that all starts with James Dolan and maybe his son is, is uh, at fault too. But until James Dolan leaves uh, or sells the team or if some accident were to befall him, and of course I don't condone any sort of violence whatsoever, and it's <laughs> in my best interest as a Raptors fan that he stays the head right. of the Knicks. But <laughs> yes. if James Dolan you know, were mysteriously to become ill and die at MSG, you would not be able to find a jury in New York to convict the killer. It would basically be like Knives Out where everyone's a suspect. It would be like an Agatha oh Christie God. novel. This is amazing. Uh, it, it, it would be like Nick's Out. It would be like Ag- Agatha Christie, you know, and everyone would be a suspect. Everyone in the island of Manhattan and all the other boroughs would be a suspect. And that's the situation where it's gotten to here. I would say there's no worry about Nick's, Nick's getting Masai Ujiri. I would say put that to rest. I don't care how many New York Post, New York Daily News, or any blog aggregate here they were saying it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. I've said it on the pod before. You know, the big money thing, Tenenbaum is as rich as Dolan. So that right there, you know, we also have Bell and Rogers. So this idea that we can be like bought out, like obviously the Knicks are worth more than the Raptors as a franchise, but we're just not a franchise that's like has a tight purse. That's not the reality with Toronto in any way. So that whole thing about us losing out because of money is basically fake. The other thing is the contract extension. So it keep, that keeps getting floated out that Masai turned down this big extension when the reality is we can't even offer him an extension until next year. So this whole thing that he turned down an extension, to my knowledge, is, is, is false reporting. Like it's just, he's not even in that window where we can offer him one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two things I think that, yeah, the average Raptors fan just, you know, just like jumping on Daniel's point, like, don't worry about this. This is a pretty, this is, you know, it's, it's a pretty falsely reported story. And, and even the, you know, this idea of like, oh, you know, the Knicks can give this to Masai and that to Masai. Well, the main thing he's going to want is control. So I think in like, if there, there's, if there's an article that comes out that is like, Steve Mills fired entire New York's decision staff fired their cleaning house for Masai Dolan just signed an NDA saying he'll never, ever make a decision regarding the Knicks again. If Masai comes, then I'll start to be like, Oh, Oh, okay. This is bad. (laughs) But I think like if, if Dolan didn't make like a public declaration, that he's handing over all of the decision-making powers to Masai and firing everybody else, then no Raptors fan needs to worry at all. Mm. Yeah, I Is ha- that fair? Yeah, I have a couple things to add to this. I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that the New York media is just obsessed with how bad the Knicks are. Yeah. Because let's face it, we don't give other bad teams this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Right. We just don't. It's like we're constantly giving the Knicks so much like media attention as if they're a good team, but it's just about how bad they are and how desperate people want the Knicks to be good. Right. But it's just from this place of desperation and it's not, I don't know. Also, I think like when I think about Masai, uh, I think I feel like his ceiling, like when it comes to his life is almost like bigger than basketball. Totally. And I feel like he has nothing to prove. Like why? Like he, it's, he already won a championship in Toronto. It, it would be easier to do that in New York. Yes. 
Like he, he has nothing to prove by going to any other team in the league. And I think if he were to move on from the Raptors, it would be for something bigger than another NBA team. Like I think yes. it has something to do with NBA in Africa or something like that. Something that he's actually like passionate about in his life. Like I just think when it's all said and done, it will be like he's commissioner of NBA Africa has achieved all these things. Like I, I just, his ceiling is bigger yeah. than basketball. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I've said this before too, he, you know, his step, his next step after the Raptors is like, yeah, commissioner of the NBA or like president of Nigeria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? It's not yeah. LA Lakers or yeah. like, he's not going to another franchise. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or the worst was the Washington one. Cause they're like, oh, he'll be close to the capital. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. a lot of decisions get made there. What's that? A lot of decisions oh, get made there. A lot there. of decisions. It's like, <laughs> are you, are you, like, do you, do you remember when he walked into Scotiabank with Obama? Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this he idea, already has that. Yeah. Yeah. This idea that he needs proximity yeah. in any way to be like a power broker is like, <laughs> You know, I mean, I'll call it what it is. It's it's uh, it's American centric, yeah. right? It's a, yeah. it's this kind of look at Toronto as an irrelevant place. You know, even if we're irrelevant in the NBA, we're not irrelevant internationally, like mm -hmm. at all. Um, okay, rant aside. Yeah. One, la one sorry, last note: yeah. Masai makes moves on a BlackBerry, so he doesn't need to be near anyone to like. You know. <laughs> totally, he does. Yeah. He does was he, really? he was in Africa chilling with Obama. And uh, uh, he was chilling with Barack and Michelle when he traded DeRozan. So that's right, all yeah. anyone needs to know. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm still shocked he has a Blackberry. Did yeah. He, those? he loves Blackberry. I don't know. Maybe he he's maybe he's, Blackberry a few years ago. Yeah. Oh I think God. he might be waiting for that Blackberry contract <laughs> to run out. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Or he's God, like, they don't update the firmware anymore. This sucks. He's <laughs> angling towards like being the head of Blackberry. <laughs> he's like, it's in Windsor, right? Is yeah. it not? His whole, or his whole side plan yeah. is he's like going after ball silly. I want to own an NHL yeah. team. <laughs> I want to own NHL. Yeah. Yeah. His goal, he wants to, Masai wants to start an NHL team in Hamilton or London. And that's what he's up to. Um, I, I'll just say my number is, uh, is I'm keeping kind of track of losses. I feel like the past couple of years, um, it's been fun. And I feel like that's more of an indicator because you can kind of, you know, it's, it's hard to balance what, how well you think a, a, a team's doing with wins when they're already a good team. Whereas when I watch the loss column, that gives me a better perspective of kind of like where the Raptors rank and, and more specifically win percentage. I have this thing in my head and I don't know how accurate it is, but I feel like the real contenders average, you know, somewhere around 70% of, of one games. So right now that's Miami, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, um, uh, the Lakers and the Clippers. And then teams that are really close is the Mavericks, Nuggets, Rockets, Raptors, and that's it. So those are, those are the teams I think that are, you know, and the Pacers are kind of getting there too. So I watch that loss column a lot. So that, that's, that's my less fun answer. To, to my own question. Uh, okay, Daniel, let's, uh, let's, let's finish off the Raptors segment here by uh, talking about Norm Powell. Uh, so yeah, just go for it. Like he's, you know, is this, is this the new normal? Oh my God. Sorry. Oh, I, had I, love to. I love it. I love it. 
And I'm going to say yes. Uh, I feel like something that you can see on the television broadcast more than you can see, of course, in in a live game is you can see close-ups. And Norm just looks so focused lately. Uh, just that look in his eyes. And again, we're, if we're talking about uh, decisiveness, if I feel now like Norm is such a reliable release valve, whether it's going to be a quick trigger three or a drive straight to the basket, I think that uh, he is just... Um, has so much confidence right now. And he, I think he's the player on our roster who best exemplifies that if he's excelling, then it's contagious. Uh, I think you can see on the bench and the rest of the team just gets so hyped when he's doing very, very well. And I think that he is, uh, yeah, he, I just I love what I was seeing. And I think we're going to see more of it. And then now the debate as to whether should he be continued to be on the starting lineup? Should he be benched when Fred comes back? I think, I don't really have a great answer for that. Have you guys been thinking about that too? I've been thinking uh, about that a lot. And um, I should say that the the person who kind of got me thinking about it a ton is, uh, is Sean Woodley of the uh, Locked On uh, Raptors podcast. Everyone listen to that podcast, by the way. It's awesome. Uh, Sean said early on, uh, I think, you know, like early into the season that um, – I forget what the exact average is, but it might be like 15 and a half or 16 points uh, for Norm as a starter in his Raptors career. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, significantly less as a, as a, as a guy off the bench. And I think Norm might be one of those guys that is just most effective as the fourth or fifth best player on the court. And I feel like it's, especially in the starting lineup, he is just as a clearer idea of what he's supposed to do. You know, if, if Gasol has the ball, he knows he should be cutting. If, you know, Pascal is like working it in the post, um, he knows he should be parked out uh, and kind of ready to hit a three. And I just feel like his role definition is, is more strictly defined on the starting lineup. Whereas a guy like Fred and obviously Kyle, but just focusing on Fred here, Fred can do so much. He can run a unit. He, he can, you know, get other guys going. He can also call his own number. And I th just think he, you know, Fred is, a, is effective as a starter and a bench guy. And I think that might not be true for Norm. And uh, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to credit Sean because this is, he was the first person I heard say that. And I think he is not only on to something, I think that he's bang on actually. Um, but yeah, Catherine. That Norm is not comfortable coming off the bench well you know he's okay off the bench just just kind of that he's a like better as a starter and he, you know he's better interesting next to kyle or next to fred or next to someone who's like go here do this as opposed to being like hey norm can you run a couple pick and rolls right um yeah i don't know okay well what do you think Catherine? is this the kevin. is this the new norm yeah sorry kevin <laughs> um is, is this the new norm is this is norm this good uh, I think it. Like, I think it certainly can be. So, like, um, like we were talking earlier about decision making. It's. I feel like in the in that stretch where we were losing, like he was kind of missing some what looked like pretty easy layups, mm -hmm. and I think it was because he was sort of overthinking it and trying to figure out like who's behind him, who's beside yeah. him, instead of just kind of going for it. And now I feel like he's really just going for it. And also, too, it's like this is a real situation where like every guy on the team knows that there are minutes up for grabs here, minutes and roles and and all of that. And and Norm, I think, didn't necessarily know if he'd have a chance in the starting lineup, but has come 
into this season thinking like, I want to be the guy on the court that finishes games at the very mm-hmm. least. And now with Fred being out, it's become like, oh, he could be both. Right. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, depending on who we're facing to have, I mean, obviously Kyle's going to start at, have Kyle and then Norm as a two guard instead of two point guards right. that are like six feet tall. So the only other flip to this, uh, and also, uh, sorry, I wanted to mention that Nick Nurse in his post-game presser last night said that he would reconsider the starting lineup. So that's yeah, and that's pretty the first big. time he said that. That is big. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. So it's like, so I don't think he would say that to the media if he wasn't already considering it right so i think we will see it at least a few games the only other caveat i could put into this that might mean that norm doesn't start is like norm's like on a long-term contract with us uh fred's a free agent at the end of the season Mm -hmm. and it might be like okay we need to keep fred happy if we want to keep him Right. And that might include keeping him in the starting lineup. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Or if we're going full galaxy brain here, do you want Fred to come off the bench? So you drive down his statistics and therefore his value in the off season. <laughs> wow. We've done that before. I mean, teams do do that, yeah, no, right? Like when, they, when they know they got a sleeper, they're like, let's, uh, let's keep maybe norm away from, or from let's keep Fred away from averaging 18 and seven. Cause if he does, he's, some team is going to offer him a massive yeah. payday and we're going to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also just countering my own counter is that <laughs> teams know that sort of thing too. So they might be like, we saw what he could do and it was a long enough window of time. Yeah. I mean, that, everyone saw the finals. Yeah. That too. Um, everyone saw Fred have a baby name it after himself and then never miss a shot again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm really, really digging kind of like, I think, I think you nailed it, Catherine. Like Norm is feeling comfortable. He's kind of like seizing the moment and not in a way where it seems like more so he's, he's permanently seizing it. It seems mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, being that guy who's like released and like, you know, we've all seen playoff Norm. He's yeah. it's legit. Yeah. Like he definitely rises to the moment. Um, but yeah, he seems to always lose out his position. The, the battle that he seems to be winning, which is kind of surprising me is uh, against OG. He's getting more minutes than OG. And I, I just kind of didn't expect that to happen. I feel like OG has so much more upside, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, and any more thoughts on, on norm before we, before we move on, Daniel, Catherine, um, yeah, just in what rewatching the highlights from last night's game, uh, you know, since it was Maddie D and Leo on the call, Jack wasn't there. So I felt like Maddie D had to, uh, kind of summon his own inner Jack. Oh yeah. And there was a one particularly emphatic dunk where Matt yelled, uh, understand the grind, uh, more than once. Yeah. Daniel, uh, thank you. To, uh, I literally to- was wanting to say this like one minute ago and then I forgot. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you started saying it, I'm like, Oh my God, I hope he's leading up to understand the grind. Yeah, Uh, you could say we all understand the grind now and I for one would like to know where to buy a Norman Powell branded uh, toiletry bag Uh, actually a lot of the Raptors players have some nice uh, personalized toiletry bags I I know Pascal's got some you know Fred's got some Uh, Nick Nurse has his own hat Uh, I'm sure Catherine's already placed an order uh, for one of those you can't buy them wow there's only four that exist (laughs) wow um, Daniel, <laughs> when you get a second, when you get a second, swing on over to normanpowell.com. Uh, 
Wow. Um, <laughs> understand the grind is the, uh, the, but you know, we got the latest from Norm. There's a whole category called Understand the Grind. And there's the Shop NP collection. I think that's probably where you find the toiletry bag. Um, oh, there's slippers. UTG, by the way. You get some UTG slippers. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can really, you can norm up. Is, I there, think. is there any Ooh. high definition videos or anything on that site? Uh, I haven't seen any high definition <laughs> videos yet. Um, I hopefully, yeah, hopefully there's a lot of flash going on. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit busy for my okay, computer, sure. but um, right. no, no, there's no flash. So Norm doesn't do that. Okay. Uh, he, <laughs> is his website straight up. You know no what I mean? flash. All grind. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move over to some NBA. Wait, so wait, hold Sorry. on. What's, wait, what's Pascal's? Like I know his, it's like his initials shaped like a heart, but he did, there's no slogan with it. Is there? I don't know if there's a slogan. I just, I did a, um, he says doing it for you a lot on Instagram, which is a reference to his late father, oh. but I don't know how, how much of a brand that is. Um, his is the only, his is Obviously, the yeah. only, uh, logo that doesn't have like sharp edges around the initials. Like it's very, mm -hmm. It's softer. It's softer. Yeah. Fred, of course, has bet on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of P skills. I don't know if he has. I'm looking at. Yeah, a, he's missing that slogan. I'm looking at a Raptors branded thing. Does um, Nick Nurse have a slogan? No. I don't think so. But what would it be? Yeah. Well, yeah. What would Nick? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's a know. that's a question for uh, maybe I'll throw you know sit on that. I'll, I'll throw them the it. questions. <laughs> okay. Let's let's do some NBA stuff. Um, Maddie, would you give me that NBA sting? Boxing massage you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody's phone's ringing. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, what segment are we doing? Uh, National <laughs> Basketball <laughs> Association. Why did you look at me and make me genuinely start to answer that? Matt gave me such a scared look that yeah. I'm like, oh, this must not be a bit. You know, Exacting. this must must be a genuine question, but um, no. No, this, this guy's in the TV show, boys. He can act. Um, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's jump to some NBA stuff. Um, Daniel, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, so the the G League um, after that uh, Mexico City game, um, where where Dallas beat the crap out of Detroit. Uh, the the Adam Silver made an announcement, and he was saying that uh, the G League is going to have its 29th team. Um, in Mexico city, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and yeah, I guess this is just a general question because I think the NBA or basketball in general is just growing so fast that, um, you know, short of, uh, I don't know, cricket. I don't know if there's any other competition, uh, for the, for the second most popular sport in the world. Uh, it seems like, it seems like it's a basketball has got a, you know, unobstructed, clear, layup towards being the second biggest sport in the world. So how do you think it should grow or how would you like to see it grow? I mean, it's a great question about in terms of growth, like do you want to expand or do you want to strengthen? And so I think it, it could be an exciting opportunity to have a G league team in, in Mexico city. Um, 
and I think so, something else you also brought up in the rundown is uh, whether the G League is going to unionize. Yes, or not. thank I, I you. Couldn't quite remember what was that point there. No, just that the the G League is uh, the the players are debating um, unionizing, and the player president uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim uh, is uh, is for that. So it seems like it's a thing that's going to happen, which will drive up salaries big time. Like you still have, you know, the Raptors have two way contracts with. I was just looking at it, like Shamori Pons. And, um, well, what's the other guy's name? Um, uh, O'Shea Brissett. They're getting paid like 50000 or $35,000 a year or something, mm-hmm. you know, dramatically low for a professional basketball player. Like oh, yeah. those guys mm-hmm. are trying to make the NBA. Otherwise they would be in Europe straight up, you know, and you have guys like right. Miritich and lots of people just, I mean, you want, do you want to try and make the NBA or do you want to be a millionaire? I think a lot of players are faced with that question. And, uh, you know, it, it, it would be less of a question if the, if the G league salaries were higher. And I think unionizing is, is a path to that. Sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. No, yeah, no, thank you for, for illustrating that. I think that it's, uh, it's a absolutely great decision to unionize and to try to make the, you know, I guess, quote unquote, minor league or farm system of the G league to make it competitive with uh, various international leagues around the world, whether it's Spain, whether it's, uh, you know, Italy, whether it's Israel or China, other le- or Australia now with, you know, Lamella Ball over there, trying to make that more attractive and trying to integrate it with NBA teams and systems on a, on a deeper level. I think that's very positive. And as you mentioned, Sharif Abdul-Brahim, the president of the G League, he just did a great interview with, uh, with Woj on his pod last week or two weeks ago. Oh, cool. And has lots of these progressive ideas. Yeah, a great, great interview from him. Um, because that's the, you know, I think it's an important question about like whether we want to expand or whether we can strengthen and, you know, give more rights, uh, uh, to the players currently in the system that, or that want to make it to the NBA. So I would say from my point of view, we should try to strengthen that and maybe give greater equity to those players, especially up and coming ones, rather than expanding, you know, without much consideration, like willy nilly, like, you know, the NHL with putting teams in places that, don't really can't really support them or something like that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's super fair. And, and, uh, I think I'm going to listen to that, uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim Wajpod, even if it's a week or two old, because, uh, I'm all, I'm all about weird new NBA ideas. Um, even though I wasn't, I'm not down with all of them, but, uh, it's, it's kind of like fun. It's a fun place for my basketball head to live. Uh, Catherine, how would you like the NBA to grow or, what would you like to see in the future? Um, well, I think everything that's happening with the G league is pretty exciting. And I think if they do unionize, I think they probably will. Um, then it's like, okay, let's see if this sustains itself. And then if that works out, then it's like, okay, well now there's room for another expansion team. Right. Because now we've invested more in the G league plus you move around a bunch of other NBA players and then it's like, well, now there's a foundation in Mexico city for a potential right. NBA team. And then the NBA becomes even more international. So to me, that's pretty exciting. I don't really see any major downside to that. Oh no, I don't point. think there's, I don't think there's I mean, a lot of, there's downside, a lot of period. people that are talking about like fewer games. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to have fewer games and more teams. Like that's going to be interesting. Um, but I, I don't know. 
I mean, is the is the NBA the second most popular game in the world? Like, wasn't there all this talk about like ratings going down and stuff? I think. Sorry, I should say I think basketball is the second most popular sport in, oh, in okay. the world. Yeah, or, yeah. or I mean, sorry, it's it might not be because it might you know very well be like cricket or um, rugby or you know I'm not sure like the actual math. Yeah, there's all this low thing. low key panic about ratings and streaming yes. and. All that, but it's like, but the NFL hasn't lost ratings. Right. So um, it's like, I don't really know. I don't pay attention to the NFL, but yeah. yeah I, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense to like, to grow in it and have another expansion team internationally, or if they just need to like calculate ratings better. Um, but I'm loving the current NBA. Yeah. I, really I mean, say. yeah, mm -hmm. I got, I got no problems with the current NBA and, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to go on a rant here about uh, why I don't like the shortened season, because if you listen to this podcast, I've I almost make that rant on a weekly basis. <laughs> but I, I will say, I think that um, the NBA, you know, beside what what's been said already, I feel like, you know, let's get that first female head coach. Then let's get a couple more. And I think that is a big thing that will help the popularity of the game and kind of like push it in the right direction and separate it from other leagues. And then the other thing I feel like is super important and I'm not like, I'm not a marketing guy, so I don't exactly know how to do this, but in order for the NBA to go further towards being a global sport, I think they need to kind of embrace the fact that many fans are going to care about different things and you know, since before Michael Jordan, but I think really Michael Jordan made the NBA kind of like overly dependent on marketing the super duper star as opposed to many, many, many players in a larger sport. And this idea of like, yeah, you have your, you know, Christian Ronaldo's and, and your Lionel Messi's, but that's not going to stop, you know, Tottenham Spurs fans from being obsessed with their team. So I think that sort of thing is, is the area that the NBA needs to head towards and kind of like build, build the collective brand and not just hope that you're going to keep getting blessed with these likable superstars like LeBron and, and Steph Curry and, you know, and, and market it towards 10 guys. I think that, I think the evolution of the NBA is caring about more than the top 10 guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's how, you know, cause even all, all this like rest stuff, most of it's centered around people being frustrated when a superstar won't play. And I think the further you go towards not being so obsessed with one guy or a couple guys, the more success the overall league's going to have. So that's, that's my take. All said. Cheers. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Um, Okay, so Catherine, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with you on this one. Um, do to do. Where was I? Oh, whoops! I'm scrolling through the wrong, the wrong, wrong chat. Wrong chat. Okay, here we Are you go. Streaming another video. I'm streaming another oh, video. God. It's a laugh. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, this is this is a fun one. Okay. Um, the preface here is this is this is kind of your opinion on where a particular team is at now. So you don't have to walk me through the entire three year plan, Oh, okay. but I, I'm focusing more so on who needs to make a decision now. Um, and, and so here's a question, what team should tank and how, 
or who should go go all in and how? So who's a team right now in the NBA that just they need to make a big decision and they need to just go? Uh, and what's their first move ish? I, I have an interesting kind of uh, answer on this. Uh, I think that team is Detroit. Okay. I think Detroit, you know, they're, they're there. Like, they're, 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 stuck. they're too bad, right? Yeah. They're stuck in that mediocrity. Yeah. They've, they've tried several years with Andre Drummond to like make it work. Like I know everybody, you know, likes him there and it's just that, that core for whatever reason just isn't working. And they, I mean, they might make the playoffs again because just by default, mm -hmm. but they're not getting out of the first round again. And it's like, do they try to make a trade for another like game changing player and really make a run or do they kind of blow it up and decide like, okay, let's get some assets back here and like rebuild. Like that's a, a team I'm really curious about. And I have also Blake just went down. Oh, right. By the way. Yeah. So, oh, so God. this is like even more Jeez. to what you were saying. I, actually I don't know how serious that. it is, but no, it was like uh, two days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that kind of, well, then that, affects them obviously like that makes me think like oh maybe they would try to rebuild instead of really going for it poor blake man i know he's had a he's had a rough he go. keeps going down right. with injuries uh yeah so that's that that that's my team because i think uh, the other ones are pretty obvious like like cleveland you know everybody keeps talking about them making trades i mean everybody keeps talking about the raptors making trades mm -hmm. Um, but I brought up Detroit cause I feel like that's the one team I think might make some pretty big moves that not everyone is talking about. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're, uh, you're right. I mean, Detroit, I'm, I've never been a big proponent of like, Oh, it's bad to be like a middling team, but it's bad to be like a middling bad team. Right. Like if you're just making the playoffs and it's like, you know, you don't even have a chance there. Like I always thought the Atlanta Hawks with Al Horford and, and Millsap and, mm. and Josh Smith were a bit unfairly maligned because they won some series, Yes, but yeah. the, but the Pistons, they don't seem like they're a team that's headed towards winning a series. Like there's just, I don't know. There's not enough fit or talent or anything there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, Daniel, is there a team that's kind of jumping out to you that, uh, Needs to needs to kind of go for it. Uh, go for it positively or 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 negatively. It's up to you. Um, so I'll open it. Yeah, sad, it's a yeah. This is sad to say. I think the Spurs should tank. Um, uh, they're not far from it already. They're at uh, they're yeah. ten and sixteen right now. Uh, I you know lots of trade rumors involving them. Whether they trade one or both of uh, Demar Derozan uh, or Lamarcus Aldridge, but uh, I. I don't see this season. I, this could be the first season where they miss the playoffs in what, like 20 years, 21 yeah. years. Um, and if I'm wrong in that, I know many people count them out every year and they seem to find a way to make it to the playoffs, but I just don't see it happening. And I don't know what the future is for this team. I mean, we're now several years removed from the Timmy Manu Parker core. Obviously they, uh, you know, departed with Kawhi. Uh, much to our benefit as Raptors fans. Yeah. But I uh, I don't know what the, the, the looking forward, what, what is there for the Spurs? I have no idea with what they're currently doing. Um, I, I, I just want to jump in real quick. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and even if they do make the playoffs, it's like this team as it is, isn't really going anywhere, you know? So that I feel like that adds to their incentive in the back of my mind. I've been wondering like, like, 
I, actually, I should look this up. How many years does Popovich have like left on his contract? Like, is this his last he year? He said he was going to play till 2022, I believe. Coach, you mean? Coach? Co- coach, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's kind of tentative. And it does seem like... 2022. It seems like Tim, Timmy, and Becky... Seems like they're both ready. Yes. Like that's they what I mean. seem they ready are, to coach. They, yeah, they um, are like on top of it. Like he is like the, the queen. Yeah. And <laughs> Prince Charles <laughs> is just waiting to take over. I feel a bit bad for, for Becky Hammond. Cause I love Tim Duncan and he's such a natural like head coach for them, but yeah. it seems like she's, it's her turn, you know? She's, she's been there for a while and it, like she's totally respected turn. and yeah, I don't want her to go to like the Knicks or something. I don't want her to go to a terrible place. Um, mm-hmm. I but agree. I, but I would be happy for Becky to have a, a head coaching job somewhere else. Like I don't want yes. her to be in a bad situation, but like if she got a head coaching job somewhere else, like yeah, it's still thrilled. a promotion. Yeah, yeah. What if she became the head coach of the Rockets after they so obviously oh, oh, will wow. get rid of D'Antoni? Oh my God, that would be. You think they're getting insane. rid of D'Antoni? Yes, uh, he he. Uh, you know they uh, they fired like pretty much most, if not all, of his coaching staff at yep. the end of last season. Uh, he did not agree to a contract extension. Right. And there's a new owner who's kind of a loose cannon. Tillman, um, and I don't think his job is secure there. I th- I think you're I think you're a hundred percent right. I think uh, especially after the Daryl Morey kind of like China tweets, I feel like. Tillman Fertitta is just waiting for the Rockets to not win a championship. And it's, it's a, it's, yeah, he's going to clean house. But the thing with like Harden Westbrook, it's like, I mean, if Dan Tony can't figure those two out, like, I don't know who could, he seems yeah. like he would be the right coach to figure out that pairing. I mean, although, you know, so it's like, so yeah, I mean, coaches, you know, they're the fall guy, but I don't know how warranted that is. But that being said, that'd be very cool for Becky. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. and you know, looking at the Rockets right now, they're eighteen and nine. So they're you know, it's not optimal, but they're they should be heading into the playoffs thinking that they can win a championship. Mm-hmm. I think I would they wouldn't they were my pick to win the West, maybe not anymore, but uh, or at least the regular season. But uh, yeah, my, so my team is actually um, I'm kind of split. So I was thinking. I was going to say Denver needs to go all in because mm-hmm. I can't think of another team that has as many assets. Like they have uh, Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Bull Bull. And those are guys that aren't even going to play for them. And they just have so much talent that I think they need to kind of do what Masai did and take like a, a Pirtle and a DeRozan and turn them into a Kawhi. Obviously, that's like super, super hard. But I think that they need to... <laughs> Who would that who would that player be? I I, I don't know exactly. Um, I think that yeah, they have such a good squad anyway. So I can't think of who the amazing dynamic player that they need to go for is. Like Beal would have been the early pick, but he's kind of off the board until next year because of his contract. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know another player that's like as much of a game changer that they could throw like Barton and Harris and you know, they could really give teams a lot. Um, you know, maybe they, they need to kind of like to get on top of a team that's, that's right about to tank or something like that. Like, like Detroit. Or or be ready when <laughs> when 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 the port when the Blazers are going to like trade McCollum or something like that, right? If right. they do, you know, or maybe it's the Spurs and Aldridge. I, I I mean that doesn't seem to work with a 
with with Millsap and, and and Jokic. But the team I think it's clear is the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans. Oh yeah. You know, looks like Zion's not going to play the whole year. Holy, really? Yeah, the, yeah. there's starting to be rumors about oh that. And you know, if, if you're if you're them, you're looking at Blake. Awesome. Yeah. You know, in his career, and you and you're looking at Zion, and you're like, yep. You know, we want a healthy. We want this guy's our future. So Drew Holiday, everybody loves. Find that guy a, a team, and that's not going to be that that hard. I don't think, even though his contract's massive. And then the other guy is Brandon Ingram. You know, there's if they're thinking about their future money. They can't resign him. Right. So they need to trade him to somebody who is going forward or maybe wants to resign uh, Brandon Ingram. And just build around ball. Yeah, but well, yeah, well, <laughs> they have players. And even JJ Redick is on yeah. on the Pelicans and he probably wants out. Yeah. He, you know, he's never I missed. I think a- JJ Redick would be don't easier to trade, maybe. Yeah, totally. He's like yeah. he's he's never missed the playoffs, right? So he's yeah. he's a proven guy. Um yeah. Those are my teams. Um, you want you want to do some quickish questions? Was that the last, was that my last NBA? Question? No, no trades for the Raptors. I don't think so. No, tra- I, I can't think of any trades for the Raptors. I can't um, either. But ev- but everyone in the U.S. seems convinced. <laughs> Dan, <Yeah>. convinced? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. Oh, okay, no. I, I had one wild Raptors <laughs> trade idea. I'm just going to throw out. Uh, just, just as a temperature take, because he, here's how I think of the Raptors. All right. uh-huh. If you, if you think the Raptors should get worse this season, just, just go away. Yeah. You're not, you're not smart. Um, but mm-hmm. if you, if you're interested in how the Raptors could better themselves this year, that's interesting to me. So what about this? Who says no in this trade scenario? You call the Rockets. And you say, what's it going to take to get Clint Capella? Because you have zero flexibility. You're stuck with Russell Westbrook. You'll never trade Harden. You won't trade Tucker because he has too much value. But we'll give you Marcus Ole and Norm or something for Clint. And then we have Clint under, under a wicked contract for like four years. And the Rockets suddenly have more flexibility. You know, they could, they could trade Gasol or they could keep him yeah. and still be good. And you can also sell them, hey, you know, if you bring Gasol in, you'll probably win a championship because that's how good he is. I mean, that's obviously ludicrous. And, <laughs> and, Cl- and, and Clint's amazing. But uh, yeah, I think it, it, needs to be, that's, it needs to be outside of the box. Yeah. That's how the Raptors got to approach this. Catherine, how wrong am I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's giving up a lot. We're giving up a lot. Yeah, I think I agree, so. but like, but don't you like the idea of Clint and and like Pascal long term? It's pretty nice, right? Yeah. Okay, you know what? No, no, I I'll mean, back I'm not, down. I'm and not, I love I'm Gasol, not, so it it could be a Baca too. Um, no, we can't lose Gasol and Ibaka. No, no, I mean it one or the other. Like if they if they need a center back type thing. Yeah, Daniel, what are you? How, how wrong? You'd obviously I? want to balk how, how many years left is Clint Capella's contract? I know that it is a good contract. Uh, Clint Capella, I think he started it this year. Um, and I think it's a four-year contract. Um, somewhere around, like, they, they just basically, they, they got a ridiculous bargain. So his, yeah. his, I'm looking at his contract now. It's, uh, it's four years. 
Uh, it goes 14, 16, 17, 18. So, you know, what is he, top seven center in the NBA? And, you know, he's going to be probably underpaid that entire contract. Right. Yeah. And that wouldn't uh, really impede us in going for any one of the free agents, cough, cough, Giannis, cough, exactly. cough, uh, in 2021, would it? Nope. And he could be, you know, is he, would you say he's a defense first or he's like a rolling, a rolling center, you know, and pretty good rim protector. Yeah. Uh, have pair him with Pascal or pair him with Giannis or, um, that's that's not bad, Freddie. Hey, you know what? It's really not. It's really not a bad trade. Um, it's and if just, you're Houston, you're kind of like the okay, norm. Maybe. It's the norm factor because it's like, I mean, is Norm going to end up averaging like twenty points a game? I just said when norm. it's all said and done. You know what? I, yeah. I just feel like we lose a lot of offense there. And actually, the salary doesn't even match there because Gasol and but like Ibaka Gas- are both paid Gasol more than Clint. Gasol and like another. I don't know who may. Yeah. Like you're, you're close. We can ensure them a championship. If we're like Gasol and you get McCaw, which means you win. Oh, I don't. Oh, then they would be so superstitious. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We really should just keep our team and win another ring. How about that? Right. Right. Uh, Okay. Let's, let's do some, wait, no, wait, there is one more question before quickish questions. Um, And it's more of a silly one. So I love the Brooklyn Nets court. I've run into some people who hate it. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting. I, I think the colors pop. I think it looks cool. Um, Daniel, I'll start with you. Is there anything that, uh, like any kind of like NBA art or anything that's out there that you, you just love and you feel like people aren't, aren't giving it uh, praise? Well, just to start off with the nets, I won't go so far as to say as I hate it, but I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I think it's a little too gray. Um, but I do love the classic edition of the Charlotte Hornets court, which uses the old color scheme from the nineties. It has the old, uh, you know, logo, uh, with a little kind of like buzzing, uh, kind of action line. Uh, it kind of, it looks, looks like he's flying on the court. And I think it's much better than the Charlotte Hornets modern court, which would be bad for anyone that has trypophobia to look at because it is just a lot of agreed hives, a lot of holes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned tryptophobia because I feel like the, the bucks Oh wait, sorry. The Charlotte was a honeycomb one, but the bucks have a, I don't know. It's similar ish where I think if you're, if you're a tryptophobia person, it's a bit like, Whoa, it's like all the holes together. Is that tryptophobia? Like, yeah. 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 It's like very porous. I've actually learned that, uh, the reason people are bothered by is because, uh, in, in danger, it's a, it's a warning sign. So if you have like a cut on your skin, it's very porous. Uh, or if you see like a, a, a honeycomb, guess what? There's, Wait, bees, you mean there's bees in that there. Was right. the Don't mess around. That was the motivation for the design? No, not to give trip, people. Oh, trip, I'm thinking like deers and hunters, and I'm like, that would be the what best. Is going on? That would be some deep, deep <laughs> shit. So deep. I'd be into that. Um, <laughs> they should actually. I, well, here's a jumping off point. I think more court designs should play on common fears. So you know, sometimes <laughs> you ever been on like oh, a sidewalk yeah. art, and it's like the sidewalk art makes it look like the sidewalk is uh, there's a hole, like a giant pothole, and you're gonna fall down to the center of the earth. Or like, you know, maybe the Raptors court should be like, it looks like you're standing on the glass floor of the CN Tower. So if you're afraid of heights, <laughs> you wouldn't play well. I like that. And I like it a lot. We should just build a stadium that's like that many feet up in the air. <laughs> Jeez. Um, wait, Catherine, you Floating got one? court. 
Do yeah, I have one? Do you have a one? favorite like visual? I, I got one if you're still looking around. Yeah, I don't really have a favorite visual. Mine's really simple. It's a, it's a fun new one. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, sorry. Always a big shout out to uh, the, the Raptors bit when they do some, like make some noise and he goes under that, like a, uh, that big white Raptors curtain and there's like a slit and he pulls out another, other curtain. I love that one. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Caitlin's always like, why, why do you get so excited about this? I'm like, this is my shit, babe. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. Um, no, but uh, the, the thing I'm really enjoying kind of optically is the coach's challenge. I feel like it's so goofy and it looks like it looks like the part of the game where it's like, Oh, it's flubbers time to shine. Oh yeah. Well, when when nurse started hugging the coaches, like what? The green light. I like the green light. It feels, I don't know. It feels (laughs) like you're in Montreal and you know, they're celebrating the winter with some bright lights. Uh, Okay. Catherine time's up. What do you got? I don't have anything. Those lights are so obnoxious. It's going to kill. If anything kills the coach's challenge, it's those lights. I know. Which could be a fun story. Even. I don't know. I'm happy for you, Freddie. That's how I feel. Cheers. Great. So what's up? Wait, do do you have a favorite visual? Just, just vision. No. Is is there anything when you're scrolling or when you're watching a Raptor game, you're like, that looks cool. That (laughs) Devlin's hair. <laughs> oh, that always looks great. Yeah, that Devlin's is, hair is always on point. Maybe, maybe he orders from Sephora too. Oh, I'm sure. He I must. wonder what he uses. He simply must. Yeah. Anyway, I'll go with Devlin's hair. He uses mane and tail. Okay, let's. Uh, it's the whole shampoo. I, I got distracted there for a second because I realized that I might stutter through some of these uh, okay. quickish questions, but yeah. let's give her a go. Um, Maddie, would you hear me that with that quickish question sting? Quickish question. Hey. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, Daniel, um, I, I'm sure you know how this works, but I'm going to give a quick little primer here. This is quickish questions. I'm going to just rifle off some questions. Super fast. Super fast, except Clear. I'll stutter a bit. I'll get confused <laughs> mid-sentence, that sort of thing. Um, but it's your job to answer as fast as you can. Yep. Uh, you can't delay. You better not phone a friend. And... Um, <laughs> And you know, there's no, there's no workarounds, right? So you just got to answer as quick as you possibly can. Does that make sense? Uh, just like Lance Stevenson, I'm born ready. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I first heard Lance Armstrong in my mind and I was like, Lance Armstrong doesn't say that, but Lance Stevenson. Okay. Born ready. Eighth grader. Uh, okay. Daniel, let's start with you. Um, here we go. This one's from Jonathan. When Fred returns from injury, does he come off the bench or back into the starting lineup? Uh, for his first game back, I think he'll still start. Fair enough. Catherine, this one's coming from Jim. Norm or OG for MIP? Oh. Um, I'm going to go Norm. Just because I think OG was so in and out last year, it's kind of hard to compare. And I feel like for MIP, you really want to have like a solid comparison to the previous season. Yeah. Fair. I feel like everyone on the lap on the Raptors is really leveled up. Yes. They all kind of deserve it. I agree. Okay. Matt, it's come from Tom. Hi, Tom. What percentage of casual <laughs> watchers of the broadcast 
think that Matt Devlin is implying a player is from whatever far-flung city he cites <laughs> when they hit a deep three. So what's the percentage of confused listeners who are like, what the surge is from Peterborough? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very honest with this. I'm going to say 26%. Oh, and he restarted the sound. Good. I was okay. like, what is going on? It's just Matt being cool. He peacocks a bit. Um, okay. Than, uh, Russell Westbrook's three-point average, so that's not bad. Oh, Yo. that's true. Hey, <laughs> Kevin coming in with the nice callback there. Um, okay, uh, Daniel, uh, this is a follow-up to the, the question uh, I just asked Matt. Um, from Tristan, if you were playing for the Raptors, where would you want him to say you hit a three from? Matt from Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. That would be a good one. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so let's do Catherine. Uh, it's come from Josh. Biggest disappointment of a team this year. And he said, there's a little ellipses, and he said, ahum, Philly. Oh, wait. Like you're. He kind of answered his own question. He's the most disappointed in Philly. I guess so, yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say Denver. That's a nice take. Yeah. I, I, I thought Denver was going to lead the West still um, because I thought maybe the Lakers and the Clippers wouldn't um, value the regular season quite as hard and that they would both partake in a little load management. But uh, I'm wrong. All right, Matt, I feel like this, this question requires more research than we're able to do for quickish questions, oh. but I'm going to hit you with it anyways. It's come from Tyler. I wrote yesterday what team would win 95... Uh, sorry, I wrote yesterday what team would win the 95 Raptors, 95 Raptors. or uh, Raptors all-time second-round pick team? I would say, he's answering his own question, I would say hands down the expansion team after I looked up our second picks. But a better question is, how good would an all-NBA second-round team be with all, all the players in their prime? How far into the playoffs do they go? Do you understand that question in any way? Oh, is that that's the only thing I have to answer? Yeah. I'm going to put it at a uh, 26% that I understand. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Tyler, this is a wonderful question, but it's, uh, I think, it, yeah. But did he mean the the Raptors all-time all time second, second round, round team? I'm a bit unsure. Is Norm one of those? NBA Let me just read some of the follow-ups. So Jonathan came in with, here's the list, sorted by wind chairs. There's some Hall of Famers in there, so you can definitely make a very good team out of it. So I think he's asking, you know what? I don't know. I think it's, it's <laughs> I'm going to be real. I don't know. Our top second round picks ever versus the fir our first expansion team in 95. Who's better? I, I believe so. Is that it? But then it seems to drift into then an, all yeah. NBA, which yeah. just kind of takes it to a whole nother place. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, do apologize. Uh, I, you know, I gotta. I should have read through that more recently. Although his brother follows up with, uh, <laughs> you know what? Let's just move That's on. A real inception type question. Yeah, let's just move on. It's not a quickish question. Okay, it's not a quickish. Th Daniel, there's only room enough for the Rebus brothers on this podcast. We can't have other brothers on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I'm gonna welcome the other bros. I'll say that. Um, but honestly, fair enough. Uh, Daniel, okay, it's coming from Tristan. 
You are recreating this dunk, and I'll describe the dunk. You are dunking. What do you want as your Dwayne, or uh, who do you want as your Dwayne Wade? So the dunk in question, uh, I'll describe it. Dwayne Wade dunks, and then as soon as he's done dunking, he kind of like opens his arm like he's going to be teleported uh, like a, a UFO, like a Jesus teleportion. Like his arms open up like like a Jesus statue. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, uh, if he's making a sound, it's like oh. Uh, so with all of that described, also a bit of a really really tough quickish question because it's a picture. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> let me just say this: in this hypothetical scenario, if you can remember the dunk, who would you replace Dwayne Wade with? Right. So in this scenario, I would be LeBron, and then so I can choose a Dwayne Wade of my choosing. It's a, the famous photo of the, the alley oop or whatever. Yes. It was. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yes. Well, just piggybacking off of your suggestion, why not the Jesus statue from Rio? Why not? Uh, you know, he's got a good wingspan. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, I love like, it. Uh, you know, I feel like he could go hard in the paint as since he's made of granite or whatever. That's uh, a perfect answer. Might not answer. be the fastest player, but he's got <laughs> fundamentals. I like uh, it. Jesus. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, Catherine. Wow. <laughs> How quickly should the Orlando Magic trade for Chris Paul? The Orlando Magic trade for Chris Paul? I, I don't know if I'm doing that. If I'm the Orlando Magic. So not quick. Not okay. quick. So uh, the answer is not at all. And that was from Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Um, Matt, my Matt, Matty yeah, D. Yeah. Uh, it's also coming from Matt. Matt, hi. Um, what was Brett, the Hitman Hearts, best match? His best match would be, um, <laughs> if I remember wrestling well, it's there was a scene that opened up where it was him and the Undertaker, and they're kind of doing like a coffee thing. They're just like sitting and having coffee. Okay. And then... Doesn't the Undertaker slam his head on the table and throw him in a casket? I don't remember that, but I love that. That sounds like were, his worst match. I love that they were having coffee. <laughs> they were just having coffee. There's no mics. And all the fans are going nuts. They're going, speak up. Speak up. We don't know. We can't. And then he just slammed through. Didn't that happen? I don't know if this happened. I haven't watched wrestling since I was nine, so I can't remember. Okay. Well, still I, sounds like his worst <laughs> match. It sounds like a Prius. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel, this is also coming from Matt. How weird is it that the Minnesota Timberwolves are seven and six on the road and only three and nine at home? Oh my goodness, that's extremely weird. I know, I, uh, I didn't know that. That's like, I what do they have the opposite of you know famous home court advantage? You know, like Denver and Salt Lake, the teams that have high altitude have famously good home court advantage. But I had no idea about that with Minnesota. That's extremely weird. I cannot explain that at all. My guess would be people are dipping their toes in Lake Minnetonka. And they're getting Prince's powers, and they're mm -hmm. using that against the T Wolves. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's great. They're purifying themselves. I think but so. But just make sure it's the right lake, because uh, Apollonia was, of course, famously lured into the wrong lake. Cheers. It was not actually Lake Minnesota. <laughs> oh my God! It's a little, little lake history here. Um, okay, Catherine. Uh, it's a follow-up question by Matt. Oh my. Uh, is that too boring a question to ask? Not at all. It's funny. We all liked it. Yeah, yeah. we all really liked yeah. it. And um, maybe maybe that's the team Becky Hammond should te uh, teach coach. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Uh, okay. The last question. It's going to Maddie D. It's coming from Tristan. 
Hello, we Justin. all know <laughs> Jurassic Park directly inspired the raptor's name. Damn right. Given today's pop culture climate, if Toronto got a basketball team in 2019, what movie would inspire its name? Jumanji. Oh. I mean, hell yeah. yeah. The Toronto Jumanjis. <laughs> a couple suggestions. The Toronto Baby Yodas. Yeah, baby. And Mar- no. Brian said marriage story, which would be <laughs> <laughs> the Toronto Adam Drivers, I think. Adam um, <laughs> Drivers is pretty good. Okay, uh, that's it for the pod. Oh, yeah. Whoa, hard stop. Oh. I like it. Uh, thanks so much for everyone uh, for listening. But uh, before we just uh, fully wrap up here, uh, Catherine, let me go to you first. Um, what do you got going on? Uh, where can people check you out? What's up? Uh, this Saturday, I am hosting the Darjeelings of Comedy. It is a South Asian female comedy show. Definitely check it out at uh, 7 p.m. at Comedy Bar. Wonderful. And that's, oh. is that Saturday the 22nd? No, uh, first. Sorry. First. Yeah. First Saturday, first. Saturday the 21st. First day of winter. Yes. Beautiful. Solstice. <laughs> Let's rock. Um, Daniel, what's up? Uh, I mean, you know, criterion, criterion, obvi, but, uh, yeah, we, you got anything going on? You want to let people know about, um, I would say I, I, had go- <laughs> I had a basketball related recommendation for criterion last time I was here and I'll do it again. Now, Ooh. uh, I would say, you know, if you have a film lover in your life or if you're a film lover yourself, there's no better Christmas gift than a subscription to the criterion channel, which is our streaming channel that we launched earlier this year, where we have tons of original content, such as, and an interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as part of our Adventures in Movie Going series wow. where we interview interesting people from all sorts of walks of life and industries about their favorite Criterion films and how they learn to love film, all this sort of stuff. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has a number of great recommendations, a lot of martial arts films, which makes sense because he was in Game of Death with Bruce Lee. Uh, so, And he's a very, very uh, wonderful interview, I would say. Check him out because uh, he's a basketball player. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. Party on. Yeah, uh, well, we'll just say that we will be off next week because it is right. uh, the Christmas break and Freddie's going to L.A. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try and uh, get one in while you're still there. Maybe. You're going to try and get a game in in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, I'm also I'm going to the Lakers uh, Ooh. Uh, Mavs game in L.A., so oh, I'm very great. excited for that. I'm hoping when are you yeah. in L.A.? I'm there Ooh. in a couple of days. Oh, I'm going to be there from the 25th to, the, uh, to January 2nd if you want to hang out. Wow, I'll be there from the 24th to the 27th. Well, there you go. Buddy, let's get it. I've never been to LA, but please, let's have oh, a taco. Wow. It's great. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's have a taco and a hike. Exactly. Right? Oh, no, I want to go to LA. Catherine, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> Swing on by. Uh, okay, that's, yeah, that's the pod. Yeah. You know, follow us, talk about us, subscribe, buy a toque for your head top. Do the Patreon thing. Thank you for listening in general. Peace out. Merry Christmas. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. 